Welcome to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy, a podcast that takes a look at stories of life and leadership for smart, amazing women and men like you. The way I can give support to the world right now is by showing up. Uh, The most important thing is don't think just that you have to bring anything. Bring yourself. Show up. If you are in a position of leadership and a position of management, bring women along with you. Supporting women is Dr. Nancy's passion and her purpose, and talking with other women and men who promote women's leadership is one of her favorite things to do. I've yet to meet a woman who did not know what she really wanted. She was just either afraid to ask the questions or she was afraid of what the answers meant. Their stories connect us and help us understand that the possibilities are endless if we support each other and lift other women up. Trust is created by persistent identity. I show up in my conversations. I build relationship. I show up as myself time and time and time again. And trust is built. It's one conversation at a time. This week's guest is Pat Mitchell. Throughout her career as an award-winning journalist, producer, and media executive, Pat broke new ground for women. As the editorial director of TED Women and co-founder of Connected Women Leaders, she grew new platforms to elevate women's leadership and ideas. Pat serves on the boards of the Sundance Institute, the Skoll Foundation, Participant Media, the V-Day Movement to End Violence, and she's also a member of CARE's Global Advisory Council and Chair Emeritus of the Women's Media Center, which established an annual award in her name. In her memoir, Becoming a Dangerous Woman, Embracing Risk to Change the World, Pat shares her journey as a frontline advocate for a just, equitable, and sustainable world. Now here's Dr. Nancy and her guest, Pat Mitchell. I always want to start out the conversations with you talking to a dangerous woman. I absolutely love that book and I love I love that whole concept. And, you know, uh, I mean, anytime I think of you, I just think of the dangerous woman. But, <laughs> you know, and, and you still right. are. You still well, are. And you I, always I, will be. Thank you, Nancy. I hope I'm getting more dangerous. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, every year. And I and I actually know that I am because as you age and as each year goes by faster than the last, uh, I realize more and more how I have to be more dangerous because there isn't that much time left to be effective. And as you and I know, with all that we're facing in the world, you got to be dangerous. Uh, dangerous times call for dangerous women. Yes. I, well, anyhow, I but I learned so much from people such as yourself. I get on these conversations and I always walk away and I've learned something and they're so valuable to me. You know, much of what I do has to do with things that I've always done. Probably you also. It's impacted your life. And then you 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 say, well, it's got to impact other people's lives as well. You know, I do like to start these conversations and we've done this before, but it's really talking about your personal story because I think women still believe everybody else is smarter, thinner, better looking, more intelligent, and, and, the, and their lives have been easy. And you yeah. and I both know the women that are probably the most successful and the most energized women have had their challenges and their trials and tribulations. And when we share those, we realize we're not by ourselves and we're more alike than we are different. So tell us about Pat. How'd you get to be you? You know, when I started the book, the biggest challenge I had is one you've already referenced. And that is 
I first of all thought, what in my story can really have yeah. meaning to anyone outside of, of family and friends? Right. Um, and then secondly, writing the book meant actually reflecting on my own story, whereas I had spent most of my career focused on other women's stories. As a journalist, as a documentary filmmaker, I, I was always looking to ways I could tell other women's stories. So I, find, I found trying to tell my own very difficult. And yet I do know, as you already said, that it's really important for us all to do that, to yeah. share our stories, because they're not, none of them look, none of them really are what they look like, mm -mm. because we've all found ways to make a path in the world. And, and we've done it with failures. I've certainly had my share of those um, and learned from all of them. But briefly, the story of uh, my story is that it started in a very rural environment uh, in South Georgia with a, a farm family. Neither one of my parents went to college. In fact, I was the first person in my family to go to college mm -hmm. on a scholarship. But from the beginning, as far back as I can remember anything, I remember thinking, I have to have choices beyond what I look at in my life, in my circle of family and friends, I right. I just knew I didn't want that life. What it would be instead, I didn't know, but I knew education was the was the ticket. Sure. Out. So um, gratefully, I got a scholarship and got that. And uh, and then teaching was my first choice. And it's interesting because I still feel like that's essentially what I do in the world. Yeah is teach, uh, learn and teach and share. Um, but after five years of, of college teaching, I had this opportunity to become a journalist. And even though I never thought of that before, it seemed like I could take the classroom to a much bigger classroom. And that led to a couple of big failures where I went to magazines that went bankrupt <laughs> and found myself unemployed. Uh, with a young son to support to support because I had gotten a divorce um, early, early marriage, early divorce. And um, and then out of that, an opportunity to knock on a door I'd never, ever thought about uh, television. And it was at the time that um, television was being encouraged, if not incentivized mm -hmm. by quotas to hire women and what they call minorities at the time. Right. Tokenism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was the token uh, yeah. in uh, the Boston NBC station. And it was it turned out to be just a fabulous place to start with a progressive management that allowed me to start a women's show, allowed me to, you know, and by allow, I should qualify that by something I'm sure you know, meaning I could work 24 hours a day if I wanted you to. You work your butt <laughs> off. Yes, I know. Yeah. Yeah, work twice as hard. <laughs> show could be at, at an odd time of the day and you could work your butt off doing it too. So yes, yeah. I understand. Twice, work twice as hard for half the money right. and be grateful. Uh, Why, well, you know, and here I am still, still saying they allowed. But what I meant to say in that is that they were smart enough to realize audiences were actually watching women's programming, that if they put it out there, there was an audience for it. Right. And so I just kept trying to prove that point, that uh, the women in our communities, their stories, challenges, accomplishments 
yeah. needed to be told. Just quickly, that's what I spent my life finding ways to do. Well, and you're still, and you're still a storyteller, and so am I. You know, and I didn't realize that also as I was going through my process of, of all those things that you've even described, that storytelling has become the most important thing that we've always had in our history. In every culture, the storyteller before we had digital, before we had anything, were the yeah. storytellers. And it typically could be a woman, a shaman, a woman, mm -hmm. a medicine woman mm -hmm. who was telling about the stories of, of past generations and and, and the history and the knowledge was passed on. So storytelling, and you know, and I'm now on the board of the National Women's History Museum, which I'm totally thrilled about, but the storytelling is so important. And one of the things that you're doing, and my daughter is very involved in climate change. So I'm very excited about talking to you about that because I'd really like to connect you with my daughter, Reagan. She's involved, she's involved with a foundation that is called World Solution Systems. And it's mm -hmm. all about climate change, but it's women in climate change. Yeah. This is the focus that they're using. So let's talk about your, I know you've you've done so many things, Ted Women, but this is your this is your new inclusive passion yeah. is the dandelion project. So let's talk about that because that's key right now. That is so important. What's the world going to be like for the next generations? Your son, my daughters, my grandchildren. Uh, I'm very happy to have a time to talk to you about Project Dandelion, which grew out of the work of a cohort of connected women leaders from 50 different countries, 50 different parts of uh, the world, business, government, social enterprise, arts. And we all got together and we started looking at the global challenges that we thought our learning could contribute back to problem solving, right. food security, gender equity, yeah. global health, and climate. And the more we worked together from 2017 forward, we realized the intersectional connection between all those issues was climate. If we didn't solve climate and have a habitable place on which to live, then food security, gender equality, all the other issues were intersectional to that yeah. one. Yeah. And Mary Robinson, the former president of Ireland, kind of pushed us all against a, a wall one day and said, no matter what we're working on, we have to recognize that climate and finding climate justice, yeah. not just not talking about climate change anymore, but climate justice, climate change is a reality, how we address it has to be done in just ways. And as your daughter has already found out clearly, women are leading the solutions already all over the world, but they're under-resourced, they're underfinanced. people aren't aware of what they need. And we want through a global media campaign that will go to every country and every language wow. to engage women leaders, no matter whether they're leading in a rural village, whether they're leading a farm cooperative, or they're leading the government, wherever they are, to step forward and say, here's the reality. Women are disproportionately being impacted by the climate crisis. Yeah. Yeah. Women are losing their lives. More women died of air pollution in this world, 9 million last year than TB, malaria, and, and a whole bunch of other things combined. Mm -hmm. Women are losing land and livelihoods and their health. It is affecting every area of our lives. 
And women are still the ones leading on the ground, finding the solutions and not being properly resourced. So we want in this campaign to do two things, at least two things. One of them is elevate that work, the work that your daughter is doing and that we're discovering because we went um, all over the world in a research phase, identifying these projects that are changing, that are addressing the crisis bring more support, strengthen that, but more importantly, connect to these groups, to each other, so that as we collaborate, build new partnerships, Mm -hmm. we can actually have a a greater collective force for change. And that's that's our audacious goal, Nancy, is to link women everywhere at every level to step forward and say, you guys had your chance. We're still a long way from having solutions. We're on a seven-year timeline to get this done, to have a habitable planet, air to breathe, food where, to eat. Where does the seven years come from? We were told by scientists after the Paris Agreement that if we did not reduce carbon emissions by 40 percent by 2030, uh-huh. we would be in an irreversible place in terms of air to breathe and water to drink and all the ecosystems and biodiversity necessary. Now, we know, unfortunately, that we're not going to be anywhere near that target, no matter what, because we'll never get to 49 percent, probably 40 percent. Right. But if we can start the change and get every company and every government to actually fulfill the commitments they've already made. And then we have women as a new collective force going, pushing on all the policies that, first of all, end subsidies to oil and gas. We are spending, we're we're spending $8 trillion a year subsidizing the very corporations and companies and industries that are killing us. Yeah. Yeah. That are ruining our waters and our air and our lives. Um, So that, so at a very minimum to organize women to demand that we change that, that would go a long way to reducing carbon. And then what your daughter's probably working on is, is what I call the restorative end of the climate work, because we can regenerate the land. We can reclaim biodiversity. It can happen very quickly because, as you know, and she sees in her work, um, it comes back. Nature comes back. All we got to do is put a little bit better balance between the way we're living and what what nature needs to thrive. Um, So that can happen. And if we started moving in that direction with... um, bringing back species, with restoring our forest, with doing um, regenerative land policies. Mm -hmm. By 2030, we'll be in a place that will start to stabilize. We won't be where we have to be. That'll still take many, many more years. But if we don't, we're headed for catastrophe. So where we see ourselves is on this cusp right now. We are we're getting close to a clean energy future. We actually know how to do it. Yeah. But well, if we don't start to do it. Yeah. Um, well, you can travel through Europe and, and different parts of the world and you see solar, you see wind, 
you see them already so far ahead. Uh, it's just natural. You go through the, the countries and you just see tunnels, wind tunnel, I mean, tunnel, mm-hmm. solar everywhere. And, yeah. and, and you just, I mean, it's almost amazing that the U.S. is so far behind. You know, I mean, when you drive to Palm Springs, you see the wind, the wind machines. I mean, yeah. the electricity being produced that way. But but do you go, you can't go around the rest of the United States seeing all these energy uh natural energy sources and it's really where where is the u.s in all this and and where are women in the u.s with this that's i think that's a a good question right there what are we what are we missing here well the u.s is not where it should be because we should be in a leadership position here but um we're not i mean we even pulled out of the paris agreement under donald trump and that's been restored but these agreements these global agreements only go so far you're right to point out that at every individual level you know we all need to be investing in clean energy we need to be driving electric cars and having solar panels on our houses um, as Mary Robinson likes to say, just do something personal every day. You know, really little actions do do start to add up. But when I travel around the world and see that Kenya, for example, is 85% off uh, gas and, and oil. And there are countries moving so much faster than we are. And that's why we know it's possible. But here in this country and everywhere, I also see that women are in many places leading the innovations, leading the new ideas. Uh, And that's why we believe that it's possible. When when women are leading in a community, action just follows. Whether it's farmers in India and 9 million Indian uh, women farmers have now joined this coalition. So that's that's really what we want to do is go country to country with this campaign saying, it's up to us. Yeah. We've well, got the, we got the knowledge, we got the commitment, we've got the passion and if we come together, we'll have the power. Yeah. Again, in the United States, we buy over 85% of products and services. Mm-hmm. We are the leaders when it comes to problem solvers because we are the ones that take care of our families, we are the ones that take care of our communities. We see the problems. It only makes sense that this is the population that we have to encourage. But then we go back to the issue of women feeling the gender equity and gender equality so that they're able to use their voices and use their power too. So we've got a balance here that we've got to keep working on. And you're right, it's the organizations that are already doing these things that we can connect with. I mean, I can think of two organizations right now that would be a perfect match with what the Dandelion, uh, the Dandelion Projects is doing. So for me, it's always a matter of when I hear something, I go, well, wait a minute, there's so-and-so, there's such and such, they're doing these things, yeah. or they're involved in a global presence that yeah. it only makes sense that they're able to do that. Well, for instance, Convoy of Hope, they work with women and children, but again, their biggest thing is agri- teaching agri- agriculture. agriculture. Yeah, so, I mean, there are organizations out there that if we, you, you know, smart women, we say, okay, I can't, I don't necessarily have those resources, but so-and-so does and such mm-hmm. and such has. So if anything today, we can start connecting more dots. 
That's the most important. Yeah, exactly. And I'd love to know the names of any organizations you'd recommend. We certainly have mapped uh, the landscape and found hundreds of thousands everywhere um, and putting them together, especially those who are working on the same issues, but in silos right now. So Mm -hmm. we bring together what we're already doing. We're not creating a new climate organization. No, with no, 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 no. no, we don't. You don't want to create something. You want to use existing resources. And then, yeah. of course, to encourage them to use one another's resources so that everybody wins. Okay, so, so again, women can help just by joining forces with their organizations. So I, I guess it's a matter of me connecting you with other people. I know Reagan, yeah. my daughter, would be thrilled to talk with you and your organization. I know that World Pulse, which is a global organization that voices of everyone, all the women in the world, they are the, these are the people that are solving the problems for yep. women and children. And then of course, Convoy of Hope, uh, Dory Donaldson. I mean, there are so many people that are out there doing and organizations that are doing phenomenal work that sure, again, connecting them will be the most important thing that Okay, so the most important thing, Dandelion, what, how will you know that you're making an impact? How will you know this, this organization? How do you show accountability? How do you well, do First that? of all, we're not an organization. <laughs> so okay. we're just an initiative, uh, not just. Okay. We, are a, we, are, we are in a movement. We a are movement. a campaign. Okay. And what we want to provide, it, and, and by the way, we have to raise money to do this. We got seed money from the Rockefeller Foundation and from Melinda Gates. And with that money, we were able to at least look look at, find all the people who were doing the work, or, or most of them anyway, mm-hmm. and set this campaign in motion. We haven't even officially launched yet. Okay. We launch it in Rewanda in July. Okay. With- and deliver organization, which is about 8,000 women from every sector of the world coming together. And that will be the beginning of how we then send out field guides to every organization working. Here's your media toolkit. Here's how you use it. Um, We will start a campaign that will have hopefully messages that connect with people that say, Climate justice is gender justice, which it yeah, is. I like that. Climate like justice that. is racial justice, which I like it that. Is. I like that. It's indigenous rights justice. It's land justice. So we have to make this point. So we say, then look for those solutions. And in doing that, we will measure the success of our campaign or the campaigns, not ours, everybody's campaign by how we have changed systems, how we have taken steps forward in each country. It'll be different in each country and community, Mm -hmm. Um, but it won't be our success. It'll be be the success of the climate justice movement. Okay. Well, I'm I'm getting my uh, my terminology down because it definitely is important. You are a movement. It it, it is, Nancy, because... um, that that's one way to go, you know, is to try and form another global organization. But that just adds infrastructure and management and and all those things that we don't need to be raising yeah. money for. All we want, what we're raising money for, is to create that campaign and to create some policy statements and actions that everybody can take 
and say, okay, well, here, here's what you need to do in Africa. Here's a field guide for the women in India. Maybe it applies to the women in Appalachia. Uh, you know, we, we're going to do that big high level stuff that, by the way, not one single organization we talked to had the, had the money to do. Yeah. So they're under-resourced and they don't have communication budgets. Who yeah. can afford them? Yeah. Well, that, that's where dandelion comes in. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I think, you know, what I've found in my lifetime is people really do want to want to help. Mm-hmm. They just don't know how. And so for me, it's always been about awareness and creating an opportunity to, for people to learn and understand what the issues are and how they can be involved. So for me, it's always been about, and then asking, you've got to ask. You've got to ask for what yeah. you need and you've got to stand up Absolutely. and use your voice. So uh, this is this is what yeah. you're so good at, Ted Women. You know, you're the you know, you, that is a fantastic organization. And, uh, you know, you're the founder of that. And I mean, but again, awareness is key. And so I, I believe what we can do today is to help you with that awareness and continue that campaign and the movement and the initiative for the Dandelion Project. And you know, you had me at hello. (laughs) (laughs) And Nancy, can I just tell you briefly why we named ourselves Dandelion? You probably know it because you you are... you know, so connected to nature through your your uh, work, your horses, your your life, your your ranch. Uh, it's, it's not called a ranch. A fa- you call it a farm. It's equestrian center. Equestrian, equestrian center. There you well, go. That sounds yeah. more sophisticated. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that sounds what it is. But we we chose dandelions very deliberately because dandelions grow on every continent in the world, even okay. in Antarctica. They grow no matter what the condition. They thrive. You cannot get rid of them. So they're resilient. They're restorative. Dandelions are actually used in parts of the world to restore farmland yeah. that has been overused. Uh, we use them in teas. We use dandelion uh, tea. I've heard of yes. <laughs> That's right. So dan- and so and dandelions have, as one biologist told us, dandelions have one purpose in the world to seed other dandelions. Remember when you were a little girl, then you pick up a dandelion and go and blow the seeds. That's what a dandelion's purpose is in the world. So that's that's why we call ourselves Project Dandelion is we want to be the, you know, (laughs) every climate. Well, uh, let's let's all be the dandelion. All right. So so thank you for being a part of the... All right. So how do we help? What do you what do you need? We need every woman engaged. We need people to talk about climate. We need people to understand and and talk about the concept of climate justice as opposed to we can't do it. The climate crisis. We're trying to get rid of that negative language, that language that is about blame and shame and fear that we can't do it. Women can do it. And so we want to shift the narrative, shift our conversations to be about hope. We can do this. Right. And then as you know about organizations that are in the work already, connecting us or connecting them to us, we'll have a big website presence by then that will start to record the inquiries that come from groups. And then we'll be pushing out this message. Okay. 
So be yeah, so you'll have, you'll have messages that they can each organization yes. can use, and yes. so you have some common language, and you have yeah. a focus as far as what the mission is and what everybody's we're asking everybody to do. Yeah. Well, we're, we're we have a list of we'll have a list of right now. We have six very clear actions okay. that we're going to ask people to demand. Um, and I, I'd rather probably wait till we launch because we're still clarifying okay. the language on some of those. Okay. Um, but there will be very specific calls to action too. All right. Well, I'm I'm, I'm excited to be in the in the early stages so that we can be I can yeah and that can for good can be even more helpful to you. So that's fantastic. So I guess what you can do with me is you can send me information after we're finished with this conversation today, and then discuss at some point ways that we can that I can help and Women Connect can help and connect these other organizations to uh to become a part of this uh movement so Absolutely. fantastic i didn't i didn't think you i didn't think you were in your house eating bonbons by the way <laughs> i didn't think you were back there just going oh i think i'll take a nap right now kind of <laughs> right right I think I'll, think I'll, yeah. let me go check my makeup you know I, I have so many things i think i'll just take another little nap right now no, i mean no i mean that, that this is the thing about women who we, <laughs> I came out of the womb going, how, what can I do? How can I help? Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, there are days that I go and the balls, as I said, are in the air. And then I start to go, I don't think I can take another ball, but pretty soon I've got another ball in my hand going, this is a good looking ball. I like this ball. So, <laughs> so anyway. That is a great way to think about it. That's going to help me get through the rest of the day <laughs> is thinking, well, that you was gotta, a good, you gotta learn was a good looking it. ball I picked up. <laughs> I got to juggle better. Women are good jugglers. We have to be, we grow up juggling, right? So yes, we do, we do. Yeah, and and yeah. you know what? We get a lot done and you know, what's even more good, that more fun when we do it together and we support yeah. each other. And that's yeah. the whole mission and always has been the mission of women connect for good. When we support yeah. each other, anything is possible and this yeah. is possible. This is very possible. So I want to I, I am very uh I am very buoyed by your enthusiasm, Nancy, because you do know you better than uh so many. You understand the power of connection. Yeah. yeah what it absolutely. means to connect with each other and then do what the dandelion does, seed out for other women. That the most dangerous thing we can do, going back to being dangerous women <laughs> as we both are, the most dangerous thing we can do is is show up for each other and and seed each other's work uh with support and um advocacy, right? Yeah. Well, is there some place that people can go now since we're recording this and they will be listening? Is there some place that they can go in the meantime to start reading and knowing some things? Or are you still going to, are we, are you, you will let me know that you will say yeah, in July, uh, uh, I, I actually think the date's July 15th. Um, we will announce publicly and the website will, will open. Okay. Um, that right now on connectedwomenleaders.com, there are there is some information about it, but okay. and I'm writing about it. And my newsletter today has a little bit about what we did in London last weekend because we have started to go and meet with women, large women's groups, um, to start to proselytize, if you will, okay. um, to get the point out. But it uh, 
but I will keep you informed. Okay. But in the meantime, they could probably just go to Pat Mitchell and look at what you're doing and get your get yeah. your newsletter, or they could go to Connected Women. They could definitely sign up on my newsletter because okay. I'll be writing about it constantly now. Okay. Um, and ConnectedWomenLeaders.com, which is also on my signature on, on the okay. email. And, mm-hmm. and uh, But on my website, there will be this newsletter today and then lit- almost every week following. Okay. Well, then they should go to patmitchell.com or what is that what they patmitchellmedia.com. patmitchellmedia.com and then connectedwomen.com, but you said that if they just go to you, they can do all that. So, all right. right. Well, we're we're off and running to the show and uh, another, another great uh, movement. And and I, I congratulate you on everything that you do. And you're, you're such a, you're such a force. A wonderful well, force, a force Thank of good, a force of good. <laughs> I accept that, and so are you, Nancy. Uh, That's why it's so nice to have a conversation together. And are you competing at this whole show? Yes, yes. I've got uh, four Arabians here. I've got. I'm going to drive and ride one. And I've got two other horses. I've got a baby here that's coming out uh, for his his first big show, and uh, his name is Magic, Majestic Air, Magic. So, I love it. I, lo- I hope I magic great success. All right. Well, thank you so much. This is just one of many conversations. I am sure of that. Thank you very much. From one dandelion to another. <laughs> thank you. Have a great day and we'll be in touch. Bye-bye. Great. If you enjoy these smart, amazing conversations, please subscribe, rate, and review them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and read and enjoy more amazing stories in my books, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, and Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. Thank you for listening.